Good morning to you. God bless you richly, I tell you. It's great to be in God's house. It's always, I always look forward to coming together to worship and praise the Lord together. And those of you that are joining us online, whenever that is, God bless you as well. We love and appreciate you. Amen. What a beautiful day it is today to come together. And God is faithful. And as Pastor was saying and praying and praising, God is faithful. Amen. But today, I would like to look at that in the, in the other direction is about our faithfulness and simply the subject of firm up your faith. Firm up your faith. You know what? That's what the scripture tells us to do. Paul was bragging on a church body that had a discipline and a firm faith. And that, I would love to be a testimony of someone else concerning my life. If they said anything at all, I would like them to say, he was a man of faith, he was faithful to God, he was faithful to his family, he was faithful to church, he was faithful in every way and walk of life. Now wouldn't that be a great testimony for somebody to say? I mean, it, it sounds like that in this day and time, and I'll just put it this way, in this day and time, in these last of the last days, I truly believe that if you do not have a firm faith that's rooted and grounded, that's set on the solid rock, Jesus Christ, and if your faith isn't ever growing, prospering, and flourishing, then I don't believe that you will stay in, the, in faithfulness to God in these last of the last days. I think that we will back away, that we will grow uh, war, uh, lukewarm, as it were, that we will become very cold in our spirits, that we will back away from the things of God if we don't have a firm faith because there's too many objects against us. There are too many things fighting against us. And I realize, I realize that Jesus Christ is a rock. I realize that the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And I understand this, but I'm talking about us individually now, this morning, and I'm already kind of started preaching, but I'm going to pray. But I want you to know today's subject is Firm up your faith. Would you pray with me, please? Father God, just now, in the name of Jesus, I'm just jumping right in this thing. God, I'm just getting on with it today because it's burning in my heart. And Lord, without you I can do nothing, but with you I can do all things. So I pray, God, be with me. Holy Spirit of God, welcome. Have your liberty. I pray for that anointing, that holy unction. I pray that your word would go forth and speak to hearts and lives. And I pray your will, way, and purpose be done in everyone that hears your word today. For I ask it in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen, amen and amen. I want to take Colossians chapter 2, if you would, Colossians chapter 2. And I'm going to read a text here. I want this message this morning to do at least two things. I think every message should. It should encourage the saints and it should challenge the saints and the sinner. And it should challenge them to hear what God is speaking and to obey the Lord. But I do pray that you're encouraged, and I do pray that you are challenged today. Now, I realize the Bible speaks to us as if every person does have a measure of faith. Matter of fact, we can read about it. I'm not going to read the text, but you can look it up in Matthew chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17, he talks about the mustard seed faith that you have. 
Everybody has that measure of faith within them. It's something that you just have, that God creates within us. And the thing is that some people live their whole life and that mustard seed just remains a seed. But there are those who choose to allow their lives. You know, the Bible says we're, we're from dust we've come and from dust we will return. Well, if we're dirt, then we plant the seed. <laughs> and God waters it and people water it through, through their life and through what we see, for what we hear. We learn of the things in the church, we, then our seed begins to grow. It, it dies within us, and it takes root, and it, it sprouts, and it begins to grow. And, I, and it is God's will for it to grow, and to prosper, and to flourish, and to become, and the Bible says, become even a, a tree-like bush, and even the birds of the air can lodge. That's the kind of faith God wants, a faith that produces something in our hearts and lives, but without that firming up of our faith through the things of God, my friends, we will simply become like a lot of people, wishy-washy. Have you ever known anybody like that? I know, I know, I'm old school. These terms, uh, some of the younger people say, what in the world is that, you know? But wishy-washy, yeah, we used to talk about it. Have you known anybody that was two-faced? Now, don't say Amen. Two-faced, it seems like they're one way to some people, then they're another way to other people. And those that speak out of both sides of their mouth, the old saying is, they'll say one thing to get the favor of someone, then they'll turn around and say another thing, exactly the opposite, to get the favor of someone else. And they're just like that. They're back and forth. They're in and out. There's no foundation. There's no firmness in anything they are. They simply go and blow with the wind. Sometimes we can call them blowhards. That's an old term too. You can tell I'm dating myself. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 5 through 7, I want you to hear what Paul was saying to this church. Let it be our testimony today. He says, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you've received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And overflowing with thankfulness. Somebody say amen to that. I'll tell you what, let that be our testimony today. Built on Christ our rock. You can look in Matthew chapter 7. You can look in Matthew chapter 16 and it'll speak about Christ being the rock, the very foundation of the church. Uh, I, I am the rock. He said, upon this rock I will build my church. And he talks about how we need to be built on the rock and not on the shifting sand because when the storms of life come, if you're built on the rock you'll stand. If not, then you'll shift around. You'll break apart. You will be destroyed. The firming up of our faith is that cement that's set, that's poured out into a mold, into a shape, into a foundation, and then it's left to cure. God help our faith to be cured out where it will stand no matter what comes against it. Amen. 
I believe, once again, as I reiterate that in these last of the last days, unless you have a firm faith, my friends, I don't believe you will stand. I don't have to be a prophet to say it, because the Word of God spells it out very well. We can read in Hebrews 11, we know it quite well, don't we? Verse number 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's simply believing and trusting God and taking Him at His word. Is that simple enough? Verse number 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He will reward those who earnestly seek Him. Now, they may not have some of these scriptures I'm giving you, because as I've said before, as you go on and, and you, you look at it and you look at it and you look at it, you add to, you add to, you add to. Well, I just, I just gave them what I had at the time. So some of these scriptures they may not have. As I take a look at this, I realize that if we're going to firm up our faith, what must we do? You know, we always come to that. Okay, okay, I need, I need that to happen in my life. So how do I uh, allow God to do this in my life, preacher? Well, I believe there's some principles. There's probably many, but I'm just going to give you a few today, and I want you to hear them, if you would, please. The first one is a principle, a principle of decisiveness in our lives. Decisiveness. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21, they were, he was speaking about several things, but he, he then began to speak about prophecies. He said, you know what? He said, I know you've had a lot of false prophets that kind of come your way. Now, I, I, I'm giving it my way, if you understand. This is, this is just hitting the high spots. He said, I know you've had false prophets and false teachers, and I know it's hard to know what to believe, but he says, I'm telling you, uh, don't hold prophecies in contempt, but test them all. Test everything. Hold on to what is good. What has been tested as good, as right, as true, take hold of it and don't let it go. Thus is the Word of God today. It is true, it is faithful, it is flawless. Take a hold of it. Learn it. Obey it. Listen to what God is saying to us. In James 1 and 8, He speaks about those who doubt he talks about those who come to God in prayer, and they pray a prayer. Why in the world would you pray to God if you don't believe He's going to do what you're asking Him to do? Why would you pray? I mean, is, is it kind of like one of those Hail Mary prayers? You know, you just kind of throw it out there and hope something happens. Maybe, could be, if everything comes together just right, you know. If the stars and the planets kind of align, maybe, maybe I'll get this thing. Friends, we've got to trust God and believe God. This is a part of the firming of our faith in these last days. He says, when you come asking in prayer, he says, and you doubt, and you doubt and you shift like the, like the waves, uh, or you'll go this way and you'll go that way. You rock back and forth. You wishy-washy in all that you believe. He says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't just say, well, I'm going to pray, but I'm not sure about this. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask, but really deep down you say, I'm not really believing, and I'm not really trusting that anything is going to happen. Well, that's being double-minded. You're saying one thing, but you're not believing for it. 
You know, why in the world? God says that man will receive nothing of God because he is doubting and not trusting the Almighty as he prays and asks today. As we come together, as we praise and worship, as we come into the house of God, does this show that we have an extreme faith, a firm faith? Not, not really, not necessarily, because I believe the firmness of our faith is really indicated in our individual everyday lives. Everybody sits in the church looks holy on Sunday. But how do we look on Monday and through the week? Are we standing on a firm faith then? You see, being decisive. Having a made-up mind and settling in it in your heart that this is who I am. This is what I believe, and I'm going to live it, and I'm going to believe him, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to keep on keeping on no matter what happens, uh, no matter what comes my way, the circumstances, the difficulties, the problems, uh, I'm still going to trust, I'm still going to believe because I know God is more than able. Amen. And as the pastor was saying a well, while ago, Faithful is he who has promised. Amen? Come on. Decisiveness is one of the most sought-after qualities. I believe it is in the eyes of God, and it also is in the business world. Even the business world recognizes that decisiveness is important. It's being firm. It's making wise decisions. It's all the difference between success and failure is being decisive and making up your mind what you're going to do, who you're going to be. Nobody likes somebody that just sits there and is, you know, riding the fence, walking the line. You know, they're not this way, they're not that way, they're just unsure. It's time for us, my friends, to take a stand, to make a firm stand for the things of God, to quit riding the line, so to speak. Decisiveness is defined as the ability to make right decisions at the right time. Hallelujah. You know what the Bible tells me? Today is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable day of the Lord. This is, this is the day. This is the day. Go ahead and make your decision for God now. Be decisive. Have a made-up mind. Make the right decision. Now's the right time. Make it confidently, devoting all your energy to that course of action because you've made up your mind that that's the thing to do. Amen. Decisiveness is choosing what's right on base, you know, being based on accurate truth. God's Word is true. God gives us wise counsel through His Word, by the presence and the power of His Holy Spirit, by wonderful leaders like pastor and others who, who lead us in wise counsel, who give us the advice they have. Clearly defined goals is what we need. God just doesn't want us to wonder about Him. God wants us to know Him. He wants us to understand Him. He wants us to be devoted and make a decision in this process that He has set before us. His counsel is vital. This journey, my friends, must begin now, if it hasn't already. Decisiveness. You know, Hebrews tells us something about this. It says, let us then... Approach God's throne of grace with confidence that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Decisiveness is a key element to any successful endeavor 
and in the things of God, no less, my friends. It takes a made-up mind. It takes it being settled in our hearts today. How do I firm up my faith? Make a decision. Decide what you're going to do. And go for it with all that you have within you. Decisiveness is focusing on our destination, not on the distractions. And there are many distractions. That's, that's why I'm telling you today, unless we have a firm faith in these last of the last days, my friends, I don't believe we'll be able to stand because the distractions are so many. So many voices are calling to us. Do you, do you hear that today? So many voices are calling to us. For all these things that it says we need to do and how we need to do it and all of this and all of that and all of the other. And God is speaking to us as well. Hear me, know the truth, and I, I will set you free. When God sets us free, we are free indeed. Friends, too many distractions, too many voices calling, too many ungodly things out there. You know, Joshua, he knew it back then in the Old Covenant. We see how he responded. I'm shortcutting the Scripture just a little bit, but this is what we usually read and what we usually hear. Joshua 24, verse 15, Joshua said to the people of God, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He says, make a choice. Decide. Make up your mind and let's get to it today. Why do you keep on waiting? Why do you keep on being divided? Make up your mind and go forth and let's do this thing. So decisiveness, my friends, I believe is, a, is an imperative if we're truly going to firm up our faith in these last days. But also, my friends, I believe that diligence is also very important as well. Diligence. You know, Proverbs says, says some things about this. We see the little jewels in Proverbs that give us wonderful, wonderful advice and uh, things that we need to adhere to according to God's Word. But it says this, he's, it, many things were being said, many wonderful things, but he says this in uh, Proverbs 4 and 23. He says, but above all else, above all else. Well, that, to me, that gets my attention immediately. So he's fixing to say something that he believes is, is wrapping this thing up. This is important. This is, this is the thing you need to do. He says, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. I believe that Jesus said one time, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When the, the, what's in your heart is what you do. It's how you live. It's how you act. It's how you react. Come on. Come on. Somebody does something that offends you, that bothers you, that troubles you, you know? That car pulls out in front of you. Have to get on your brakes. Somebody says something. Somebody doesn't do something that they said they were going to do. How do we react to these things What's in your heart will come out at moments like that. It's not moments like this when we're here, except for what you may be thinking about the preacher. I wish he'd finish up, get on down the road. But some of it is just simply everyday living. What comes forth in our everyday living? You know, according to the dictionary, it says a careful attention 
Diligence is careful attention, unremitting application, and persistent endeavor. Okay? Take that for what it's worth. But I do know this. A diligent person is also described as being very industrious and being uh, uh, conscientious, being thorough. They're not idle. They're not negligent. They're not lazy. You know, the Bible says a lot of things about diligence if you take a look at it. And I believe it's because God prizes diligence very much in his people. He values us for his people. The book of Proverbs, as I said a while ago, it's got, it's got a lot of things that have to do with being diligent in the things of God. I know we usually speak about this in mother, at Mother's Days, you know, uh, when Mother's Day comes around, but in Proverbs 31, verse 10 through 31, I'm not going to read it, but uh, the Bible speaks, Proverbs speaks about the woman of noble character. And he talks about this. He talks about how diligent she is in everything she does. She's industrious. She takes care of everything. She, she's very thorough in what she does. And she's always doing what is best. You know, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 9 and 10, he says, you know, whatever you find to do, do it with all your might. Do it with your might. If it's worth doing, go ahead and do it and give it your very all. Why do we back off? Why do we become half-hearted and half-baked in some of the things that we do, friends? Can, can you answer that? I believe it's because our faith isn't faithful. I believe it's because our faith isn't firm enough on the things of God. I believe we're a little bit lax in some areas because we truly haven't surrendered all to God in our lives. We've held some things back. Now, take that for what it's worth, but that's what I believe, and that's what I see in God's Word. In Matthew 24, verse 46, Jesus tells us it would be good. He was talking about, he was talking about servants, and servants doing what they're supposed to do while their master's away. And when their master returns... What will he find them doing? It talks about keeping watch. It talks about being diligent. Diligent even while the master's away. He tells us, he said, it would be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns and not caught in idleness. Giving the others the food that they need to get at the appointed time to keep on serving and to have strength in their bodies. Just doing, doing the, even the menial tasks, but doing it with all that you are. Doing it with all diligence. The Bible tells us to occupy until He comes. And that means to give all diligence. Because my friends, when we do our jobs well, when we are doing all that we can do and being all that we can be, it brings honor and glory to God when people look at our lives. You don't think people notice that, that you're doing a job that is well done? Do you think it's slipping by the view of others, those that are around you and those that are over you? No! They see your diligence. And they wonder why you're so diligent. And then when they find out, they look unto God and they'll give God the glory for that. He gets the credit for it. Somebody say amen to that. Come on. I believe that God demands diligence from us. In the King James, it says in Deuteronomy 6 and 17, it says, Ye shall diligently keep the commands of the Lord your God. The NIV says, Be sure to keep. Be sure. Be sure to keep the commands of the Lord 
your God. Amen. You know, this is what God wants. You know, he tells us in Proverbs 21 and 5, he says, you know, the plans of the diligent lead to profit. Those that are diligent will profit by that. In Proverbs 12 and 27, it tells us the diligent feed on the riches of the hunt. When we go after the prize, when we go into the hunt, we prize when we win, when we do, when we achieve. Oh, yes, decisiveness, diligence. But let me add something to that, if I might. And I want you to hear, firming up our faith, I believe we've got to have a determination, friends. If we are not determined to hold out to the very end, we will not. That's what the Bible tells us. The Bible says those that hold out to the end will be saved. It's not necessarily how we start the race. We may start it very humbly. Everyone does when they come to Jesus. They humble themselves at the cross of Calvary. They give themselves unto the Lord. We start this race, and definitely it's a marathon and not a sprint. The problem with some people is they treat it like a sprint, and they play out, and they just give up. Uh, they're like, like the, the, uh, the sower that went out to sow seed. We know that story, don't we? Some just don't seem to endure in the race. It's a marathon, friends. We do what God would have us to do. We pace ourselves because we know we're gonna, this is going to be our life. Okay? This isn't just something we do. This is who we are. Okay? I'm just not being a Christian. I am a Christian. I'm just not doing for God. I'm living for God. This is a lifestyle. This is who I am. This is what I do because I've determined it to be so. I've made a decision and I will be diligent and I will be determined to continue on. 1 Corinthians 2 and 2, Paul stated this. He said, for I am resolved or determined, says the King, King James Version. But he says, for I am resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So we're going to keep this thing simple. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, that's my life. That's everything I am. That's, that's who I am. That's what I do. It's just not a chore. It's just not a hobby. I'm just not a weekend warrior. This is who I am on Sunday and Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, and even Saturday. It's who I am. It's what I do. This is my determination. This is my goal. I've said it. I'm going to live it. You know, David Livingston said this. He said, I'd rather be in the heart of Africa in God's will than on the throne of England out of His will. Amen. You know, being slap dab in the middle of God's will, that should be our goal. You know, some like to stay on the fringes and some just dabble a little bit in what God wants them to do. But why not just get in the middle of the river? Why not just let it flow? Why not? Uh, you know, just, just you get your feet wet, but why not just get out there and go ahead and just let it, let it overflow? Just get saturated in the presence of God. How do I determine the will of God then if I'm going to do this thing, if I'm going to be what you say, preacher? When you're searching for God's will, my friends, we know what we've got to do. We've got to open up God's Word. 
You've got to open God's Word. You've got to read it. You've got to study it. You've got to learn it. You've got to go. This takes time. It takes effort. But now's the time to start. And now's the time to be determined. Ask God to help you for specific guidance in your life. You know, in His Word. You know, the Bible tells us once again in, in Psalms 119, verse 105, you know, your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. Amen. He'll give you guidance. He'll give you direct. Study and pray. Some people do one or the other. I believe you've got to do them together. When I pray, you've got to pray God's Word. How do you know what to pray if you don't know God's Word? How do you know how to pray? How do you know what God's will is? You've got to know God's Word. You've got to pray. You've got to open up His Word. These are just simple things. I know this is Christianity 101, my friends, but this is what it takes, I believe, to firm up our faith. Go back. Go back to the building blocks. Go back to the foundation. Let's build this thing. Let's do this thing. The goal of a Christ-like character is a lifelong pursuit, and the Holy Spirit is always present to empower us for the goal. To enable us for the goal. Somebody say amen to that. Determination is the ability to make a difficult decision and accomplish the goals based on God's truths, regardless of the resistance that we may encounter, and you will encounter resistance. Come on. We don't like it, but it's true. There will be resistance, but God is more than able. And we let God fight the battles because God never has lost a battle. He never will. Give the battle to the Lord. Let Him fight it for you. As one man said one time, if you insist on fighting your own battles, God will let you. If you insist on it. But if you let Him fight your battles, He's always victorious. So there's there's really no choice there for me. I believe, my friends, we have to be trusted in the eyes of God. Can God really trust you? Can he really trust you? You know, in Luke chapter 16, verse number 10, Jesus said this, you know, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. We have to be determined to be trustworthy in the eyes of God. You know, there's been too many times that Christianity has received a black eye, so to speak, because of those that just didn't hold up the standard. Oh yeah, decisiveness, diligence, determination. And lastly, this morning, I believe we've got to have an absolute dedication. A lot of times I'll say it in a threefold way, dedication, commitment, and faithfulness. I believe these things go together. I believe that they're a, a, a cord that is bound by three, and you know, and that's not easily broken when you have a cord that's bound up with three things And it is true today, my friends, dedication. It says in Romans 12 and 1, you know, Paul said this. He said, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. You know, that's what Paul said. You know, the sacrifice that he's talking about, of course, is a a spiritual sacrifice. It's giving everything to God. It's just simply giving everything to God. And, and being the steward that God wants us to be over the things that God gives back to us for safekeeping. To show faithfulness unto Him through what we do as stewards, but sacrificing all to Him. 
The sacrifice is a reasonable thing. God is always reasonable in what he does. It is a dedication. It's not merely an impulse. And I believe that's the problem with with some is that they are impulsive in in what they say they're going to do for God. Their commitment to God is kind of based on an impulse. They feel like they need to, you know, they feel a little guilty, a little bit you know, convicted about something, so they'll come and quit, make a quick commitment, and then, and then before you know it, it, you know, they're nowhere to be found. I believe that this dedication has to be heartfelt. I believe it is intentional. It has to be intentional. It's a sacrifice that our minds and our hearts, made up mind, settled in our heart once again, and when we get our mind and we get our heart right, have you ever heard anybody say that? You need to get your mind right. You ever heard that? Come on. You got to get your mind right, you know? You know, it's not wrong thinking. We got to get our minds right. We got to get our hearts right. And only God can do this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. He can do this only by the presence and the power of His Holy Spirit, by His Word. You know, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. It is intentional today, my friends, that we come to Him. It's not merely an impulse. It's not merely just wanting to get a little bit of relief. (laughs) It's not to get a relief, it's to give our life. That's what it's all about. In Matthew 19, verse 29, Jesus did say this about our dedication. He said, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children... Or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much and inherit eternal life. As I take a look at this, I realize today that all these things are a factor, and there's probably many more, but I'm fixing to close. And as Sherry comes, I'm going to close with just this little thought. What God really wants is simple, friends, this morning. What God really wants is our service. He wants us, and He wants us to serve Him. And our service will flow because, because we give ourselves to Him, we will love Him because He first loved us. And love is shown. Love just doesn't harbor itself within a heart. Love has to extend itself. Faith has to extend itself. It has to, it has to go beyond ourselves. It has to go out and flow from us. I mean, it's a, it's a spring of water that flows through us by the Holy Spirit. This love, this faith, it'll go forth. It'll produce the fruit of the Spirit in and through our lives. It'll be seen. It'll be known. We simply cannot love God deeply without seeking Him and knowing Him. In 1 Corinthians 16, I close with this scripture, and I want you to just, just to hear this as we close. He says, verse 13 and 14, it says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be men of courage. Be strong. Do everything in love. Do everything in love. Stand firm. Stand firm in faith. Do everything in love. This is God's desire for us. You know, it's very simple today. It's not complicated at all. God wants us to be faithful. But to do that, we have to firm up our faith. Okay? It has to be strong. It has to be able to weather the storms of life that are coming against us. Even now, my friends, in these last of the last days, if your faith is not strong, 
then I believe you'll be taken down. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. So what are we going to do about this? Well, we need to take an evaluation of ourselves. We need to look at our lives, and we need to do something about it. You see, if we draw near to God, the Bible tells me, He'll draw near to us. But God wants us to make the effort and call upon Him. The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. Amen. So today I just want to lead you in prayer right now, okay? No matter what you need right now, we're going to cover this prayer in some areas. And I want you to hear what God will speak to your heart. And I just want you to obey Him through your prayers right now as the Holy Spirit speaks to us. In the name of Jesus, would you pray with me? Father God, just now in the name of Jesus, I presented this simple message, Lord God, that I pray will speak to hearts and lives. And right now as the Holy Spirit has already begun to deal with us, to convict us and to convince us of our need today, I ask that we would respond appropriately. That we just wouldn't do nothing, but we would do something. Right now, Lord God, I want to pray for those that may not know you. There may be some that say, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I've never prayed that prayer. I've never made that decision. Right now, I would like to lead you in prayer. And the Bible says, if you will say this, if you will believe this in your heart, if you make that confession, then you shall be saved. Father God, I'm a sinner and I need salvation. I cannot do it myself. I look to you, Jesus, and I ask, forgive me of my sins. I ask for mercy. I ask for that grace in my life. Be Lord of my life, Jesus. I give myself to you. I believe that you died for me on the cross of Calvary. I believe that you were raised again for me to provide my salvation. I accept that. I receive that. And I ask you now to be Lord of my life. I give myself to you in Jesus' name. And now, my Lord, I also pray for those that are people of faith that have turned their hearts unto you maybe many, many years ago, maybe recently. But whatever the case is, Lord, we ask now, help us to take inventory of our lives. Help us to evaluate where we stand in you and help us to firm up our faith. Help us to get back to the Word of God on a regular basis. Lord, to get back to a devotional life with the Word and with prayer each day so we can face the day victorious. Lord, help us to take a stand in, in our faithfulness and not to let the world uh, turn us here and turn us there, but let us take a stand for You and Your Word. Help our lights to shine brightly in darkness. Help us to be a living witness, a living testimony. Help us, my God, to look to you, to believe on you, to trust in you more so than ever before. My God, firm up our faith right now. Holy Spirit of God, we welcome you. Help us. Help us to hear you and obey you, to be sensitive to you. Help us to live a life that you would have us to live. We surrender all. In Jesus' name, amen.